Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. You can visit rachelcarmen.com to join her online community of moms who are taking the dare to be in the word themselves as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. While you're there, be sure to sign up for updates, and you will also receive a free gift from Rachel when you sign up. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Hey guys, it's time for our monthly question and answer time together, and I just want to thank you. Y'all are sending me some great questions, and I've got three doozies to tackle today, so As much as I really like to make this time meaty, I also want to meet you where you are. And I just want to say that when I was a young mom, I connected with other young moms and mentors online. So I had some that I met when I would go to Moms Night Out here at our local support group as a homeschool mom. Some that I had at church, right? And they were always so good to take time with me in my cockiness, right, in my I thought I had it all figured out, and also in my desperation when I was just a puddle and I knew that I didn't know what I was doing. And I will always be grateful for those women and those moms who were so patient with me. Um, They taught me how to host at my home. They taught me how to um, buy clothes for my children. They taught me how to organize my day. They taught me the priority I was spending time with God every day. They inspired me to love my husband. They inspired me to die to myself. They inspired me to get to know my kids and to dare to dig in. And I'm very, very grateful. And I'm just going to say at the outset of this new thing we're going to do on the podcast, this Q&A thing that I want to do, I just want to say I really, really wish this was a face-to-face conversation because I think that that would make it a thousand times better, right? I'd love to put my arm around you. I'd love to see your eyes. I'd love to hear your follow-up questions or your questions for clarification. So if there are any of those, um, this media platform doesn't really allow for that very well. And I'm hoping to do some live things over at the membership site. So maybe you can join me over there. But if I don't, if I'm not clear on something or you have a follow-up, please write in and let me know because I really do understand the value of meeting you where you are and in your frustration and in your loneliness and in those feelings of overwhelm. So I'm going to try to recreate something that I don't think was meant to be recreated on this platform, but it's what we've got. So I vote that we do with what we've got the very best we can, and I'm hoping that this year I'm going to be on the road. I've got 10 conferences and a variety of different support group meetings, a couple of ladies' retreats, and I hope to meet you. So if we haven't met, come up and tell me you listen to the podcast and give me your question or write in and tell me your question. But in the meantime, we have got three big ones today, and I believe the three questions I'm going to try to tackle today in this really super casual, conversational time we're going to have together today are a cut across all of womanhood, right? You don't, I mean, if you're a single woman, if you're in school, right, as a young woman, 
If you're a young married woman, if you're a mom or not, if you're divorced, whatever your life circumstance or season, these are questions that cut across all of us. That's These are questions, three of them. I chose three. I'm hoping we can get through three. These are questions that we all face. I thought the first time that I faced these questions that if I could just get through them that time, I wouldn't face them again but I have faced them again. And so it matters that we have these conversations and it matters that we don't hold it all inside, but that we actually glean from the wisdom of God and wise people that he puts in our path. Usually people a little further down the road than we actually are. And so again, I am grateful to all of those women who patiently poured into me and this is me attempting to pay it forward. So again, off the, cuff, off, the, off the cuff, conversationally, let's look at these three questions. Number one, what do I do when I feel like I'm failing? Number two, what do I do when I feel like quitting? And number three, how do I get it all done? Now, I hope that immediately you see what I see. These are interconnected, right? These three questions really kind of go together. And I have got, not surprisingly, two full pages of notes, and I'm hoping that maybe just something catches, right? There's something in what we talk about today that you go, that's what I needed, that I get it, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And not because I'm some great sage, but because the spirit of the holy God has interjected a truth in your heart and in your mind. So... Again, let's look at these three questions kind of separately, kind of together, because I really do feel like they're interlocking and connected. So the whole idea of feeling like you're failing is it's often that feeling when you're just feeling like nothing actually gets done, right? So I don't know about you, but right about now, I am rounding up my two of my kids to take them back to college, right? They had an extra long break, and then I'll be back down to my youngest son here at home, and things at my house are a little out of order. Actually, they're a lot out of order. You might have seen the pictures of my desk and my file pile on social media. I mean, I have got some stuff to get done. Every room that I walk into screams at me for 10 things that I need to do. I'm here with you. I get it, right? This feeling like you're just not getting anything finished. I go in to the laundry room, right? Just to rotate the laundry. And when I'm there, I realize that I've got to, I forgot to sweep up the pile that I made this morning. So I sweep up the pile. And when I'm sweeping up the pile, I forget that I, I needed to, to go downstairs and bring something back up. And it's just every room that I go into has 10 things that are screaming at me to do. So I get the feeling like nothing's getting done. When you feel like quitting, you're you're just, you've tried, right? I mean, you're, you're tired, you're lonely, you're overwhelmed, you don't feel like anybody else is where you are. You don't feel like anybody else understands, you don't have anybody to call, you don't see any progress, right? That's my file pile, my file pile right now, right? I promise. I actually have filed some things, but you wouldn't know it. It looks like it's growing instead of shrinking. And and I remember back when we brought our, our number four home, I was confident that just me closing the laundry room door caused the laundry to multiply. I mean, I was just like, I, 
I cannot get the laundry done. How is it possible? I, I, why can't I get on top of the laundry, right? And it may be for you groceries. It may be for you mopping or sweeping the floor. It may be for you getting through a lesson plan if you're a homeschool mom, right? You just feel like you're, you're not seeing any progress, right? And then, like I said, the final question is how do you get it all done? So let's, let's start. One thing that I have found to be so powerful, and I didn't find this until I was several years into motherhood, and that is it's always the right time to do, to do the next right thing. One of the things that has paralyzed me in the past and sometimes still threatens to do so is that there's so much to do, right? And I'm just totally and completely overwhelmed with how much there is to do that, guess what? I can't do anything. I'm completely and totally overwhelmed. And what I learned, again, from a faithful mentor who told me, Rachel, when you're getting those feelings, like you don't know what to do, and it's not because you don't have something to do, it's because you have too much to do, just do the next right thing. And usually, the next right thing is a very simple thing. Often, I found it's a mundane thing. And just the practice of doing the next right thing, which might be unloading the dishwasher, folding a load of laundry, changing a diaper, nursing a baby, making a bed, right? Writing the bills, making a phone call, right? Folding the laundry. Often, the next thing is a very, very simple thing. And it is in the doing of that next right thing, usually that simple thing, that we can catch our breath and breathe. So it's always the right time to do the next right thing. And it's great for you to do one of those next right things. The next right thing, emptying your sink maybe, setting out something for dinner. And literally giving yourself permission to catch your breath. That is an excellent thing to do. I often, when I'm a list maker, some of you may or may not be that way. And it, for those of us that are list makers, it's a bittersweet thing, isn't it? Because I love to see what do I need to get done today, right? I find it very motivating. I sometimes find it overwhelming. But here's what I need to get done today. And, and it's awesome. I find it very helpful. But when I was a young mom, I also felt like it was impossible, right? And it wasn't complicated, usually, right? Rotate the laundry, sometimes take a shower. And it wasn't necessarily going to get done, no matter how simple it was, especially when I was a young mom. So one of the tricks that I would do, especially, especially, especially when I had a newborn, is I would write on my list things that I knew I had I, were going to get done. They were inevitable. Things like nurse the baby. Look, shower didn't make the list because that was not an inevitability. Can I get an amen? When I was a young mom, I, I couldn't put that on the list knowing that that was going to get done. No, but nurse the baby, that was going to get done. Yeah, change the baby, that was going to get done. And because I got such a hit, right, an encouragement to mark something off my list, I did myself a favor, right? I set myself up for success and I put things on my list of things to do that I knew, I knew were inevitable and they were going to get done. So set yourself up for success. Don't put 10 things on your list, nine of which are going to take eight hours, right? Do yourself a favor 
and put some things on your list of things to do that are inevitabilities so that you can mark them off and be encouraged by that. Rachel Carmen has spoken across the country and around the world to moms about their struggles, successes, fears, and faith. They consistently share three things that zap joy and threaten the hope of moms today. They are overwhelmed, exhausted, and lonely. They want support and practical tools. They want to feel connected. What we have done is put together a community of like-minded moms to accomplish just that. Rachel, a homeschooling mom of seven, knows what the pit of despair is. She relates to the feeling of being overwhelmed, lacking in time in the word. And today, she wants to meet you right where you are. The truth is, you were not meant to do this alone. In the community, Real Refreshment, she will help you learn how to get done what needs to get done, how to study God's word during your season of motherhood, how to make the most of the time given, and how to do it in fellowship with other moms just like you. Moms, we need each other now more than ever. Visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community today. The other thing that I want to remind all of us, and again, just running through my notes, I remember when I was a young mom, the go-to example for all things housekeeping, right, was Martha Stewart. I mean, I remember watching the Martha Stewart show and I loved how she had all the ingredients all measured out in these little, these little bowls, right? And I loved how everything always looked so easy and simple for Martha Stewart. And I remember just being so inspired. This is before Pinterest. I'm dating myself. This is before all of that, right? And she's standing in her kitchen and nothing is ever messy and everything's always perfectly measured and everything's always magically cleaned up, right? And I'm looking at this going, what? Why can't I do that, right? Well, the thing that I learned one day when I was really a wreck and very frustrated that all my meals here with seven children were not gourmet, right? And my house didn't look like something out of the center of Pottery Barn. One of the things that my friend said, Rachel, she has a staff of 91 people. Of course, everything's perfectly measured and magically cleaned up and delicious all the time. She has a full-time staff of 91 people. Look, mom, the chances of you having a full-time staff of 91 are practically nil. You and I need to realize that the world is trying to put this pressure on us to get this, whatever this is, all done, right? And we need to remember that it's it's not. It's, it's not. That's the wrong Goal, And I really believe the reason that moms in particular, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything against working moms. I'm a working mom, right? And you're a working mom. We're all working moms. I'm not that I really believe that the enemy wants to discourage moms, period. He wants to discourage us. He wants us to think that we're the only ones that aren't getting it all done. And whatever we are getting done, we're not getting done well. He wants to discourage us. And I just want to tell you that getting it all done is an illusion. It's a complete and total illusion. So there are one, two, three, four things I want to remind you to remember. Number one, remember that getting it, like I just said, getting it all done is an illusion. Number two, I want to remind you to focus on what really matters. What really, really matters. 
very often the things that I find the most frustrating that I'm not getting done are things that don't matter. They're things that I'm trying to force into the wrong season or the wrong time slot, right? And, I, and I'm just letting it get the best of me, right? So we need to remember what really matters. Number three, remember the season that you're in. Remember the season you're in. Now, it's very easy to be very clear on what season you're in. So you may be a young mother and you're in that season where you can't wear dangly earrings. I remember when I was a young mom and I had all these little kids and all of my kids except one were spitters, right? So I always smelled bad. I tried to keep a diaper on my shoulder, you know, one of those cloth diapers on my shoulder. Couldn't wear dangly earrings, right, for forever and ever and ever. I had my hair up forever and ever and ever because I couldn't keep it down, right? It was a season. It was a season. And then that season was past and I didn't have little people anymore. I wasn't even able to hold anybody anymore. And things changed. And I got out my dangly earrings again because I liked them. And I didn't have a diaper on my shoulder all the time. And I didn't smell like sour milk all the time, right? I was in a different season. And then I was in a different season. I had kids in high school who were going to choir and going to drama practice and going to soccer practice. And I wasn't even having to drive everybody everywhere. And you know what? Every now and then, I had a couple of hours at the house to myself, right? Difference. And now I'm in a different season still. I have my youngest at home. I have the luxury, and I do mean that, of lighting a candle in the morning and sitting down and having some truly deep study time with God. But that's a luxury. I didn't have that. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't fight for it when they were younger. I'm just saying that there there are different seasons. I had quiet time across the board, but it looked very different than it does now. My, my admonition to you is remember that it's a season. And, and then secondly, don't resent it. Look, those littles that are spitting and making your shoulders smell stinky, they're going to get big really super fast. Lean into the season that you're in. Don't let the enemy steal it from you because you're anxious to get to the next one because you're anxious to get the diaper off your shoulder, right? Enjoy and lean in to the season that you're in. You may be in a season like I was for a long time where, you know what? My house was not going to be clean. My floors were going to be sticky and crunchy, right? Because they were going to have Cheerios and orange juice, right? It, was, it wasn't, didn't mean that it couldn't be orderly, but it wasn't going to be what it is now that it's empty, right? So remember the season you're in. And finally, remember the feeding of the 5,000. Remember, remember. And, and I've said this in several different places, and, and I keep repeating it. Because it fits in so many places. Remember, Jesus fed the the masses miraculously with five loaves and two fish. God will never ask you for more than you have. He will never do that. He took the little boys, five loaves and two fish, and he fed the masses. And mom, he will do the same thing for you. He will feed your family and in in every possible respect when you give him what you have. Not, Not because you've worked yourself to the bone and fallen across the finish line, right? But that you've done what you could, right? He doesn't ask for more than that. 
He never asked for more than that. So here are a few things to do, and this is not perfectly ordered today, but when I think about the question of feeling like quitting, I, I think any mom who's breathing, any wife, I mean, we can all think of multiple times when we thought about quitting, whether um, you put your kids on a, a bus or drop them off at a charter school or you keep them at home to home educate them or even just in your marriage, right? There have been hard times that we've walked through when I've just been like, mm, this is hard, right? There are a variety of different things that we've been tempted. I've been tempted to quit, right? So what do you do? What do you do when you're tempted or you're feeling like you want to quit? Number one, step away. Step away. Because it's very easy for those feelings of wanting to quit just to build up, right? And what you really need to do is step away. And you say, Rachel, I can't step away. I've got five littles. Look, step outside. You need to step away. You need to find, you need to reach out to someone. You need to do what none of us ever like doing. You need to make yourself vulnerable and you need to tell somebody, I, I really need to step away. Tell your husband, tell a mentor friend, find someone, right? And get away. And I'm, I'm going to tell you a stunning truth. It doesn't take a trip to the islands to get the refreshment you need to keep going. It can feel like I need a month, right? But I have experienced over and over and over the power of stepping away often for very short periods of time, maybe just a couple of hours. One of the ways that I was able to continue in homeschooling when my kids were little, right, was the monthly Mom's Not Out meeting that was here in town. It was once a month. And I think it started at 7. We were invited to be there at 6.30, and it was over by 8.30 or 9. Bring your brownies or your cheese and crackers. We'll have a speaker, right? And that's all it was. A bunch of tired, weary, over, overwhelmed homeschool moms came in looking like deer in headlights. Some of us sat there and cried the whole time because we were just so tired. We had a brownie. We were encouraged. And by the time we left, we were smiling again, feeling like we could conquer the world. God gives us each other to encourage each other. Remember Moses in the Old Testament when he just needed somebody to hold up his arms. We need to admit when we need help, when we're tired, when we're overwhelmed, somebody else on the planet needs to know that, right? And we need to dare to help each other, to pray for each other, to intercede, to go over to somebody's house and help them, to take a meal, to watch their kids step away. Number two, Write about it. Again, this is one of the things I talk about all the time. Journal, get it out of your head. Often the things that are just crowding in and overwhelming and feel so huge, right? Sometimes if we can just get them out and get them on paper, we can just breathe again, right? If we can just get it down and out of our heads, we can sleep again. So dare to write it down. Sometimes I have found when I dare to take time to journal, because it is a, a time-taking thing, right? I mean, it's investment. And I write it down often in bullet points because I got so much to get out and I got so little time, I got to get it out, right? And sometimes I do that and I was like, well, that's not so bad. What? It just multiplied in my brain, right? In my, in my head, it was massive. Other times, you know what? Dadgummit, it is a big deal. 
and I'm writing and tears are dripping off my chin and I'm writing and I'm writing and I'm writing and as I'm writing, I'm releasing it. I'm releasing it. And that's the same thing you can do. Nobody has to read it, but there is something very cathartic about just writing it down. All of the things you're worried about, mom, all the things you're panicked about, all the things you're frustrated about, just get it out of your head. Write it down. And then I want to encourage you, like I said earlier, intentionally talk to a mentor. And if you don't have one, I've talked to people who live out in the middle of nowhere and they're like, Rachel, you don't understand. There's no one here. Then I would encourage you to pray that God would provide for one and keep your eyes wide open and peeled. And I'll tell you at the same time, I prayed for one for years and God did not provide one. And so my last encouragement to you is to lean into God. Sometimes God provides for us a person and it is glorious when he does that. Someone with skin on that we can hug, that we can call, that we can pray with. And that is a glorious blessing. And if you have that right now, please, I encourage you, don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. But there are other times when we long for that. We long for and for whatever reason, and there's a variety of possibilities, right? For whatever reason, he doesn't give us that, but he is always there. And I have had seasons, long seasons, when I wanted so badly somebody to call and hug and pray with. And I did not have that person. And yet, God was there. And I want to tell you, I wouldn't trade those times for anything. Because he was drawing me into himself. And perhaps he knew that had he given me a person, I would have allowed that person to substitute for what he wanted to give me. I don't know. But I'm grateful for the times that he has called me deeper to himself and I have not had somebody. Okay, I don't want to rush through this, but I have a few other things I want to say on this topic. Specifically here, I want to talk about the whole idea, again, the illusion of getting it all done. And there are really two main things I want to say as we wrap this up, this whole discussion on this feeling like a failure because you feel overwhelmed, feeling like qu quitting, right? And then, okay, so, okay, maybe I'm not a failure and okay, you've talked me into it. I won't quit, but how do I get anything done? Here's just a couple of things. And again, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that just something here, that God, this is my prayer, that God speaks to you somewhere here. One of the things that was so helpful to me was as I would make my list of things to do, things that I thought I needed to get done, right? And I'm putting on those inevitabilities, right? I always did that. The other thing that I would do is I really often regularly would lay it before God and say, okay, God, these are the things I think I need to get done today. But you know today, you've already gone before me into today and you know what today is. Father God, give me the wisdom and the discernment to know what I don't have to get done today. At the end of the day, when I'm tempted to be discouraged, Father, help me to know the things that I need to edit, the triage, not worry about today. So there is a great deal of peace for you and me, mom, when we remember that God always goes before us. He always walks with us and he always cleans up behind us. 
He is the great redeemer. No mistakes, nothing wasted. So as you're looking at that to-do list, whether it's a short list, I mean, maybe you're just a young mom and really all you want today is a shower. I get it, right? There is peace available to us when we don't just make our lists, right? Those are the things we want to get done, right? But we actually lay it before God and say, okay, God, these are the things I think I need to get done today. Would you give me the strength to do them? Would you grant me the wisdom to know when to push through, when to pull back? Would you grant me discernment today, Father God, as I endeavor to do what you would have me do today? Related to that, I think there are four things that we need to acknowledge when we're considering how to get it all done. Four things real quickly. Our limits, and this is something we don't like. We don't like limits. In fact, I'll confess to you, and I probably need to unpack this in another podcast, but I confess to you that for years and years and years and years, far too long, I felt like sleep was my enemy because sleep meant I wasn't getting anything done. I was just sleeping and I needed to figure out how to get by on less sleep so I could get more done. And I just want to tell you, if you're there, I get it. I mean, I really get it. I remember literally resenting having to sleep, but here's the deal. The reality is we need rest. We're not God. God is the one that never slumbers nor sleeps. And we must remember that he's got it. We were never intended to get it all done. We were always intended to get done what we could get done and leave the rest to God. Leave the rest to him. So I want, I want, Acknowledge your limits. Acknowledge that you do need rest, and that's not a bad thing. Mom, you might need a nap when your kids take a nap, right? That's okay. You need to be rested. Number two, remember your seasons. We talked about that earlier. Remember your budget, right? Acknowledge that you have restraints, budgetary restraints. That's very helpful when it comes to getting it all done, and it's very easy in our comparative culture with all of the social media comparisons and maybe you're in a support group or in a co-op or maybe you're at work, right? And you're always comparing what, who's driving what and who's wearing what and what devices do they have and what are they involved in and where are they going on vacation? Acknowledge your budgetary limits. It is an honor to God and your husband for you to acknowledge your budgetary limits and to practice contentment. And finally, Acknowledge and remember your objectives. So we had here in our home four objectives. When all the kids were home, we had four objectives when it came to what are we going to get done? What are we going to try to get done? What are we going to focus? What are we going to triage? What are our objectives? These are the four and you are free to adopt them or to work them in a different way. But I would suggest to you strongly, you need to know what your objectives are. Because it's really easy to get frustrated by not getting it all done when you're trying to get done things that don't line up with what your objectives are. So here are the four objectives that we had. Number one, I wanted all of us to practice loving God. I wanted my kids to love God. I wanted to teach them about God in such a way that they loved God and desired to seek and serve him for all of their lives. Number two, I wanted them to love their parents through respect, honor, and obedience right? To honor their father and their mother through respect, honor, and obedience. Number three, 
it was a, a priority, an objective here, that they loved each other, right? That they got along. Yes, there's sibling rivalry. Yes, there's friction. Yes, there's competition, right? But it was always, the relationship was always the priority over anything else. We prioritize the relationships with God, parents, and siblings. Top three things. And number four, that they loved learning. I wanted them to love learning, to take full advantage of the opportunity that they were given to study this book or learn to spell that word or learn this math concept or this science idea, right? I wanted them to love it. I wanted them to love it. And that meant that I didn't spend my days beating it into them, right? It meant that we set a context where loving learning was a priority. I really hope that this time has helped today with these questions. Again, if you want to write in and have a follow-up, or maybe it's a completely, totally different question, please do. And we'll spend this time together regularly just answering your questions. And again, check out my calendar, and I hope to meet you at one of the events I have planned this year. I'll see you again soon. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. And while you are there, can you leave us a rating or a review? This just helps us to get the message out to other moms that need to be encouraged in their roles as mothers today. If you have a question, we invite you to send it to rachelcarmen.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, you can access Rachel's wonderful resources and real refreshment, the online community. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged and we need accountability in the word. I hope you will join us and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. The love of God is immeasurable. It's unchanging. It's indescribable. Because God loves you so much, you can sleep through the night in peace. With Abide Bible Sleep Meditation, you can fall asleep fast with relaxing sleep stories based on Scripture. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Bible Sleep Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.